It's Air Talk here on LAist 89.3 on air and live streaming on Instagram at LAist Official. Austin Cross with you this Friday, as always. Thanks so much for hanging out this morning. Coming up, we're going to do some Hearing Aid 101. You know, about 15% of American adults have some trouble hearing, and that number jumps to 25% for folks over 65, 50% for those 75 and older. We all want to live a long, healthy life, which means sooner or later we might end up there if we are not there already. But it can be hard to know what kind of hearing aid to choose. And even if you're not near any of those ages, even if your hearing is fine right now, you might have a loved one that should maybe consider it. Maybe you've had trouble convincing them uh, to get one or maybe even to use the one that they have. We're going to talk about all of that. Of course, we'll want to hear from you as well. But we start this hour with COVID and a new study that's finally putting some numbers to what researchers have suspected for a very long time. And that's that long COVID may lead to cognitive decline, especially when it comes to remembering, reasoning, planning. Let's talk about it with Dr. Kimberly Schreiner, Director of Infectious Disease and Prevention at Huntington Hospital in Pasadena. Dr. Schreiner, so good to have you back. Nice to be back, Austin. And of course, because the doctor is in, if you have any questions related to COVID, we have a line open for you at 866-893-5722. Again, that's 866-893-5722. If you have a COVID-related question for the doctor, there's also comments at laist.com. Just be sure to use your name and location so we can give you that shout out. Well, Dr. Schreiner, this was a study out of England. They tested about 113,000 people. Can you break down some of what they found for us? Yeah, not surprising findings, uh, Austin. Uh, We know that, um, we certainly know that long COVID is a real thing, and we know that neurocognitive issues are one of the predominant features. What this was, was an online assessment of um, sort of uh, neurocognitive abilities in individuals, people that had, there was one group that had uh, persistent symptoms after 12 weeks, another that um, had resolution of symptoms, and another that had uh, all the signs and symptoms of long COVID after several months. And what it showed, not surprisingly, is that people that have long COVID, uh, that there was a measurable decline, although it was very, very tiny, in intellectual capabilities as measured by sort of some IQ parameters. Those that had uh, not very symptomatic COVID and recovered seemed to have, did have a little tiny bit of abnormalities, but not significant from those that had never had COVID. Um, And the the bad news was that this certainly does cause a measurable, uh, can cause a measurable decline in intellectual um, measurements, but that over a long period of time, uh, this may uh, eventually return to normal. The interesting thing was that it seemed to be more predominant in those individuals that had either serious illness, not surprisingly, mm. or those individuals who had been infected with the very first variant of uh, COVID, the B117. So now that we have a lot of vaccinations and, and natural immunity in the community, we hope that maybe some of these findings will not be as significant. Did this uh, study actually address uh, people or, or make a difference, point out a distinction between people who had had a vaccine versus people who had not? Well, it didn't specific. It did specifically look at some of that, but it's hard to measure because the study was done recently. So hmm. the vast majority of people have either been vaccinated or have been exposed to COVID. Uh, so it's pretty hard to measure that in terms of those that didn't have any kind of immunologic uh, protection on board 
but there is clear evidence that vaccination and or natural infection does provide um, some pre provide some uh, uh, prevention of the developing long COVID. Talking right now with Dr. Kimberly Schreiner, Def Director of Infectious Disease and Prevention at Huntington Hospital in Pasadena. We're talking about a study out of England that's looking at cognitive decline connected to long COVID. If you have any sort of COVID question for the doctor, though, we do have a line open for you at 866-893-5722. I'll say it slowly, too, because I'm terrible at remembering numbers. 866 893-5722. There's also AT comments at LAist.com. Digging into these numbers, doctor, though, uh, people with persistent post-COVID symptoms, they scored about six IQ points lower than people who'd never been infected with COVID. But then people who had had an infection, uh, not experiencing symptoms, though, uh, they still uh, were down by about three IQ points I'm wondering how significant this actually is, whether six to three IQ points uh, really tells us a lot about decline, or is this maybe something that could, in your day-to-day -day life, I'd say, maybe would this look like forgetting your your phone at home when you leave the house or something like that, maybe once a week? I don't, I'm just trying to think of how we can contextualize it and understand it. Well, and I think you're absolutely right. This is difficult stuff to measure. Um, and, you know, it's early days as well. We do know that this virus likes to go to the part of the brain called the neocortex, which is it starts in the nose and moves into uh, the frontal temporal parts of the brain. And that's where a lot of executive uh, processing goes on in the brain. So things like um, being able to remember numbers, you just mentioned that actually yourself, uh, or uh, remembering dates or a day, some day-to-day -day functions. For people that have long COVID, that's a very significant uh, problem. For individuals who don't have any signs of long COVID, um, is that because they had COVID at some point or is that just because they're forgetting, they're mm. not very good with numbers and remembering things? So it's going to be a hard thing to measure. This study was a large study. The bias is, is that it was uh, subjective. It was online. Um, and so there are some parts of it that we have to take with a grain of salt. But I think it does support our our concern that this is a neurotropic virus and then it can cause uh, longstanding, hopefully not permanent, but longstanding abnormalities in executive thinking. I mean, it's just so hard because it's one of those things where, like you said, uh, a person might be having the symptoms, but it's very hard to actually know if it's, you know, just normal aging, if they just became forgetful. I mean, I personally have had COVID before, and I also feel like there's an uptick in me, you know, forgetting my wallet at home now over the past year. And it's like, well, is it something related or is it just me being forgetful? It's very hard to know in this uh, sort of uh, situation. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about some new guidance that came out of the CDC just about the day before yesterday. It's connected to the COVID vaccine. They now say that Americans 65 and older should get another dose of the updated vaccine. That's the one that came out in September, uh, if it's been at least four months since their last shot. What do you make of this recommendation? Well, it's frustrating. Uh, it's certainly there are data to support it because we know that antibodies to the virus really kind of begin to dribble down after about three to four months. And so in high risk individuals, uh, people who are older than 65 or immunocompromised, uh, they can uh, if they don't have enough antibodies on board, they can still get COVID and get quite sick with it. 
that being said, um, you know, it's it's getting kind of impractical to every six months having to get another vaccine. And we really, mm. really need to have a long lasting vaccine or a vaccine that can prevent infection. Um, but if you are a particularly high risk individual, you have an underlying cancer or you're on immunosuppressive drugs, uh, then it probably is prudent to think about getting another vaccine as we uh, enter the summer. We kind of know the rhythm of, of COVID now. It certainly happens uh, after gatherings. So after the 4th of July, Memorial Day, uh, we start seeing an uptick that kind of peaks usually in August. And then, of course, we have the dreaded fall and uh, winter that comes after the holidays. We're just now coming out of the big surge that we had over this last holiday. And I'm happy to report at this very moment, Huntington Hospital does not have any COVID patients, which is great. But wow. um, uh, but we know it'll happen again. And so the vaccines do help people stay out of the hospital and prevent serious illness. And so it might be prudent in the next few months to think about getting yet another vaccine to protect you through the summer. You said a lot there that I want to circle back to, but I also understand there was some debate on the advisory panel at the CDC over how they would roll this out, whether the language is uh, people 65 and older may get one or should get one. They ultimately arrived at should. But in that area of uncertainty, even among the experts of whether or not this should be a should situation or a, you can if you want to sort of situation, is that more based off of the medical science or just an understanding of humans and how many times a lot of us have gotten poked in the arm at this point? I think it's a little bit of both, Austin. Um, uh, you know, I don't really want to have to get yet another shot, but um, but the science right now seems to support that that uh, up-to-date vaccination really does protect you quite well and um, uh, and prevents serious illness. We know that older people and immunocompromised people don't respond very well to the vaccines. Um, you know, the vaccines are very, very safe, but I certainly understand the fatigue that everybody has, and it's it's just a pain in the arm to have to go and get it all the time. But that's where we are right now. And I think that they're kind of hedging because I think they do feel that there's some sort of uh, ennui in the public about uh, understanding that you have to get yet another vaccine. A real pain in the arm. Oh, I love that. Talking right now with Dr. Kimberly Schreiner, Director of Infectious Disease and Prevention at Huntington Hospital in Pasadena. If you have a question for the doctor, we have a line, 866-893-5722. Uh, you can also go to laist.com slash Air talk now and fill out the submission form. It's really cool. It's really sleek, really easy way to get your thoughts in or get your questions in. That's laist.com slash air talk. Or if you want to be old school on this Friday, 866-893-5722. Dr. Schreiner, switching away from COVID a little bit, this is a conversation that we've been having uh, within the Air Talk team. And it's somewhat anecdotal. It's one of those conversations that goes, it feels like everyone's getting sick. It feels like, you know, we all have a friend or a family member who's gotten sick right now. Um, not sure, though, if it's just in our heads or if it's the season that we're in. But based off of what you know, based off of what you see, and I know this is a very unscientific question, but um, how are our immune systems doing these days? Well, I, I think it's real, uh, Austin. I think that um, okay. and I, we know we, it's, I don't think it's, there's nothing, there's statistics that show it. We certainly had a very brisk season of influenza and RSV and a lot of other upper, upper respiratory infections. I think this is kind of a post 
and I don't want to say post-pandemic because unfortunately we're not really out of the pandemic, but at least the worst part of the pandemic when we were, uh, you know, better maskers and we stayed home and there wasn't as much mixing. Now we're challenging our immune system and our immune system sort of forgot about some of those pathogens that are out there. So I'm hoping that over the next few months and years that, it, you know, we'll restore kind of the memory that we have for preventing these kind of diseases and we won't have as brisk seasons, but it, it can happen Anyway, regardless of it happened before COVID with, you know, different periods where we had influenza or RSV circulating at high levels. But I think a lot of this is kind of a function of the lack of community protection from those viruses because of what we've been through for the last few years. Dr. Schreiner, Scott emailed us and said, for those of us who have never had COVID, do we need to continue uh, to get vaccines? I've had four shots already. Uh, What do you think, doctor? I think that's maybe one of the reasons why you've never had COVID. Um, uh, people mm. that uh, stay up on their vaccines often are very careful. I've never had COVID, believe it or not. Uh, and um, it could happen, and it happens to most people, and we know how to deal with it. We have very good medications to treat it now. Uh, but vaccines prevent disease, and they, I think, and people that, that do that, I think, are interested in protecting themselves. This is, we still know so little about this virus that if whatever you can do to protect yourself is prudent. I'm coming back to something you said earlier, Dr. Schreiner. You said we're not out of the pandemic yet. I want to point out some numbers from the CDC that say there are still more than 20,000 hospitalizations and 2,000 deaths each week due to coronavirus. Um, I'm wondering how that compares to other uh, viruses in terms of death, but also what the end of the pandemic actually looks like in your view well yes and that's a very important statistic is that each one of those 2,000 people is a person and somebody who is loved or loves someone else and so that's a huge loss and I think that if that happened outside of the context of the pandemic that we're in it would be a pandemic that would be a very alarming statistic about an infectious disease and so we have a lot of work to do I think that the pandemic will end when we have a pan coronavirus vaccine when we have a vaccine that's effective in preventing infection, uh, and when we have a better understanding of, of how we can prevent the next pandemic, because there could be another one at any time. Just because we have this one going on doesn't mean we couldn't have an influenza shift that would cause a pandemic. So I think it's really a reminder of how vulnerable we are as a species and what we need to do to protect ourselves. Uh, any sense of this pan uh, vaccine of, of, of anybody who's currently working on that or the progress that's been made on that? It is being worked on. Uh, the National Institutes of Health are doing some big studies and uh, understanding how we could create something that would cover many different types of uh, coronaviruses, especially SARS-CoV-2 variants, uh, is really there's a priority. So there's been some substantial amount of funding uh, being spent on that kind of research right now. It is always such a pleasure and an honor to have with us Dr. Kimberly Schreiner, Director of Infectious Disease and Prevention at Huntington Hospital in Pasadena. Doctor, thank you so much for making the time. It's always my pleasure, Austin. Thank you. Ah, So wonderful. I just love that AirTalk can provide this service. Throughout the pandemic, if you caught Larry throughout the whole pandemic, just so valuable to get that information out there. And thank you for your questions as well. I'm Austin Cross. This is AirTalk on a Friday. When we come back, we're going to check out Apple, specifically now that Apple mentioned, (laughs) told their staff internally this past week that they're axing their EV efforts. They've been at it for a while, spent a whole lot of money on it. Now it is 
Dunzo. We're going to hear why, but also just kind of look at what the future is for Apple at this point, which, you know, was known for these huge innovations, these huge changes, the iPhone, obviously the Apple Watch. But what's next now that almost everybody has a smartphone? We're going to talk about that 60 seconds. Stick around. Ear talk on a Friday. Also, live streaming on Instagram, LAist Official.